Today on Locked On Canadians, that Canes game was pretty disastrous for the Habs, but we're going to look beyond that to the building blocks of the Canadians' development in the future. Plus, we have some information on Lucas Condotta, and we have our mailbag this week, which has tons of interesting questions. So stick around because that's all coming up right now. For Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. everyone and welcome to episode 585 of Locked On Canadians, your first listen of the day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube five days a week. My name is Laura Saba. I'm one of your hosts, also known as The Active Stick, and I'm joined as always by Scott Matla of Have's Eyes on the Prize. Scott, how are you doing on this fine Thursday evening? And we're heading into the weekend by the time our listeners get this episode. Uh, I, I'm, I'm all right. Um, the game was a little bit more upsetting than I think I was anticipating because I didn't expect the Canadians to win because I don't expect them to beat a lot of these teams. Uh, but it's the first time under Martin St. Louis where it looks like they had no answers for absolutely anything whatsoever. Um, except for Jake Allen, who was absolutely incredible in net once again. So, uh, that's my biggest takeaway. But other than that, can't complain. The Rocket are uh, back in action this weekend. The PWHPA is in Montreal. And there might be sunshine in Buffalo, which is always a bonus. That is always a bonus. So let's get the Canes game out of the way real quick because we don't want to spend too much time on that. We want to talk about the Canadians' development plan going forward. And so I think the, the first thing I'm going to say about that Canadian that Canes game is that the Carolina Hurricanes have been predicted as a Stanley Cup favorite for the last three or four years for a reason. They took their time, they grew, they built a good system, and now they are one of those teams where you generally cannot find weaknesses. And earlier in the season, I didn't think they would be so good at this point in the season. And every year they end up with an unfortunate exit a little bit too early. But I am ready to say that they are this year more legitimate contenders than I expected uh, in the last couple of years. And so it's not... It's not a huge mystery or a surprise that the Canadians weren't playing well against them. I will say that even though it didn't look dramatically different in the third, they really did push. They did improve. Their game improved on ice. It improved in the underlying numbers. So definitely there is something that Martin St. Louis is doing so that they end on a good note. And and so I'm not ready to say that they were the no-quit Canadians that we've been seeing since Martin St. Louis uh, joined the team. But they were a little bit better. And you do have to remember as well that Luke Richardson is sidelined with COVID. So he's not even with the team right now. So part of the defensive lapses is because the other coaches are having to cover his job right now, unfortunately. And we hope he feels better and that he can join the team soon. And what we're going to do is we're going to fold a lot of the discussion about this game into our Mondays 3 Up and 3 Down because Arpin Basu wrote a really good article that we mentioned on the last episode we were going to talk about today. And part of it uh, had to do with Logan Mayu and part of it had to do with a lot of things. Actually, it was a multi-part, a long interview, uh, sort of, he didn't, it wasn't a question and answer interview. He sort of built a story around uh, what he learned from Kent Hughes. 
And it was a really interesting article. And to be honest, you know, he doesn't he doesn't have platitudes or anything like that. He doesn't speak in a way that um, you can can't like a canned response way that you can just put on the highlight reels all the time. But I love what he says. And I really liked hearing his idea for how the Canadians should move going forward. Yeah, a lot of it was setting out to have a plan. And we talked about it when we were uh, discussing when Jordan Harris will play, which after that Canes game might be on Saturday for all we know. <laughs> um, he talked about how Hughes has a plan laid out here. And as it relates to like Logan Mayu is that Kent Hughes had no hand in that and he has to clean up the mess from the previous regime. And he talked about how it's on ice is something else and differently here. They're not looking at that right now. They're looking at what he's actually doing. They're taking a vested interest to make sure that he is actually taking steps forward. And I think the next big thing with this would be what are those steps and what is he doing? You know, the organization has become a lot more transparent with a lot of things in terms of injuries and what's going on behind the scenes and what's happening. And I like to think that part of that will be, hey, this is the program that he is doing. This is the classes or uh, trainings that we're having him go through. This is the other steps we've had to make him a better person off the ice. And you and I have both said it is that one person is not always fully defined entirely by what they do. But if you don't make amends for it or you don't actually put in the effort to make up for what you have done to somebody, then you're not worthy of forgiveness. And people don't have to forgive you just because you did the bare minimum that was set out before you. And I think Hughes and Gorton and Gorton, especially who dealt with Tony D'Angelo in New York, he knows what happens if you bring someone like that into the organization. And I think Hughes is looking at that and going, I have a chance to reset the culture in this organization here. And even if we are keeping Logan Mayu in the fold here, we're going to make sure that he fits what that standard actually is. And I have no opinion of him outside of like what I do for hockey. Now I've made it clear that I didn't like the pick at the time. I still don't like that. And I think that it was a mistake by Mark Bergman and everyone involved with that. But if you can actually show that he's doing things to actually become a better person off the ice, then you can maybe start mending some of the bridges that were burnt to a crisp with that pick in the first place. But that's also just my opinion, everyone differs on that. And I know mine is not the same as everybody else's. And I want to make that clear that I don't want to speak for anyone else when I say that. But Hughes having an actual statement and not kind of hiding behind cliches and, you know, throwing his uh, assistant GM under the bus with this is a step forward in progress. It's the bare minimum that he could have been doing. But having a plan of action for this is actually really important for the Canadians organization. And again, I also don't speak for everyone. I'm speaking just for myself. But what I got from that conversation and what he told Arpin um, and what he said is that they what they're doing right now is when he when Logan Mayu himself said that he wanted to remove himself from the draft because he hadn't earned an opportunity to be drafted. And then he got that unearned, unearned opportunity by being drafted. And then the organization was just cleaning up after that mess. What got lost in that is that Right now, the Canadians, from what Kent Hughes is saying, is they're giving him that opportunity to earn that chance. So they're saying that they're going to look at his contribution on the hockey side when they feel 
that he has been remorseful enough. And it could be that on discussions with him, they'll feel that. But the sense that I'm getting is that they're not ready at this point. Like they, they don't think that, that they're at that stage in, the, in this discussion. So as a fan, as a woman, as somebody who uh, was very disappointed in this pick, I'm seeing hope now. And I promise you, it's not just because the organization that picked him, like th that front office is gone now. And I'm just, every time they, you know, every time Kent Hughes does something good or Jeff Gordon does something good, I take a contrast with the, with the previous front office. That's really not what's going on here is that I just, I like the approach that's being taken. He's not going to lose his shot, which is not what anybody was calling for. They, everybody just said that he needed to take responsibility and make the amends. And so the organization is saying, once that's done, then we're going to talk about the hockey part, which I think is, is, is fair to him. Because it's not, you know, people are like, oh, you want to ruin his career? It's not like that. They just want him to earn his career. And they're giving him the opportunity to do that. And they're setting a high benchmark. And so we are running out of time in this segment. We're going to talk a little bit more about the development that was mentioned in Arpin's article in just one moment. And then we'll get to our mailbag questions as well. But first, you know that both Scott and I are extremely busy people. And if you follow me on Twitter or if you've listened to any of these episodes, you'll know that lately everything has been chaotic and complicated and I'm really tired. And I haven't really had a good opportunity to cook like healthful, delicious meals for myself. But now with HelloFresh, I am finding that I can and I can save time. I can fit this into my day. And it's just, it's so delicious. The ingredients travel from the farm right to your doorstep in under a week. And they always arrive fresh, all without a trip to the grocery store or the farmer's market. It's all about convenience with HelloFresh. Not only do the ingredients come pre-portioned so you're not overbuying or wasting food, but it's easier than ever to get filling meals on the table in a snap with options like family-friendly or quick and easy recipes. And you know, I like those quick and easy recipes. And the best part about it is if you're like me, you have trouble deciding what to eat. So this way you go and you choose what you're gonna eat for the week. You don't have to make that decision in the moment and then give up and walk away. You're getting a good, healthful meal it's going to save you so much time. It's going to save you so much decision making. And what you're going to do is you're going to go to HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16 and use code LockedOn16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Go to HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16 and use code LockedOn16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. And now you've had your meal what about you're about to go on a hike or you're about to go for a workout or you need a little bit of energy, a pick me up in the middle of the day and you don't need a whole full meal. What you're going to do is you are going to grab a built bar, a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. It's delicious. It's got 18 delicious flavors and they're all high in protein. They're low in sugar and they're made with real chocolate. They really, really are yummy. I use them a lot of the time for breakfast. Uh, if I miss breakfast, if I don't have time, or I use them as a 3 p.m. pick-me-up. Scott uses them for hiking. Sometimes I use them before or after a run. They're so versatile and they're so yummy. And you can go to built.com and enter promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order and check out what special edition flavors they have right now. They always have a rotating cast of those and they're all so, so good. And that's built.com. And you can enter promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. All right, Scott. We were talking about the development plan that Arpen Basu was talking to Kent Hughes about. And there were a lot of things that I really liked about him, but I just, the, the one that I want to focus on 
uh, very, very closely is how he wants all of his hockey departments to work together. And the example that he gave is, let's say there's a prospect who is currently playing in Sweden. He thinks that the scout that the Canadians have in Sweden should be aware of the development plan that, let's say, the trainers uh, or the or the skills people in Montreal and the mothership uh, had set out for the player. The scout should be aware of that. The scout should have that. They should be able to access that at any time. He wants his analytics department. He wants to hire somebody not just for data, not just kind of like a team lead, not like that, but somebody to translate it to the coaches, to the players. He wants all of these things working seamlessly together. And it's not just Kent Hughes, it's it's Jeff Gordon as well. Um, and I just, I love that. I love that aspect that everybody's going to be dialed into what one player is doing. Um, and that's going to go for every single player in the organization, whether they're a veteran and a star or they're a prospect that just got picked up in the last NHL draft. I absolutely adore that. The, the wild part of that for me is that, like, that seems a very no-duh kind of thing. Like, yes, we should know what our prospects are doing and what our plan for them is. And the fact that it has to be said, it's like uh, Martin St. Louis coming in and telling the guys to play man defense. Them going, huh, I, I like, how bad was the communication within this organization before? And we're not trying to dump on the previous regime, but when people come in and what seems like very obvious things to myself who is not a front office, a scout, a hockey management person goes, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Why was that not being done before here? And having it said, having a player agent who likely wanted these things communicated is very important. And I think there's going to be a lot of, uh, the season's going to end. We're going to get a couple of days. And then I think we're going to either see a mass exodus and or a mass entry of just people that they've been talking to. And throughout the summer, we're going to see they've hired so-and-so for this position. They've hired so-and-so for this position. They've done this. They've done this. And that's fine. It's Jeff Molson's money that they're paying them with. So there's no salary cap on building your front office. So build the best damn front office that you can possibly build. Toronto's trying to do that. And they've got MLSE money. You're Jeff Molson. You're one of the richest teams in the NHL. You want to win? Spend the bucks, Jeff. And I think uh, after the way things have gone and getting a taste of what it was like to be in that Stanley Cup final, I think Molson's all on board for that. Or at least I hope that he is. Yeah, I just, I really love everything that is being said. And like a lot of people pointed out, it's easy at this stage to fall in love with this front office. Let's see what they actually do. And it's going to be exciting for us too. And, and just for our listeners, we know you like draft stuff and prospect stuff. As soon as the games are out, we're going to be focusing really hard on the draft as well as keeping up with the news. But we're not going to be done when the Canadians games are over. We're going to get in-depth on Habs prospects, people they might pick, uh, you know, people that we have our eye on, people they should have their eye on. We're going to have a lot of guests, some people that you've asked us to bring back, we're going to bring them back. So it's not just, it doesn't end on April 29th, I believe is the last game of the season. It's going to be packed, 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 no matter what. And one of the things that we do is we do a mailbag. Oh, actually, oh, I'm sorry. We have to talk about the Canadians' newest signing. I'm so sorry, Scott. I just, I brushed past that. You have a little bit of intel, a little bit of intel. Yes. So, um, <laughs> so the Canadians today announced that they had signed UMass Lowell, uh, current captain uh, Lucas Condata uh, to a one-year entry-level deal. He's 24 years old. Uh, he will report to the Laval Rocket on a PTO when they, I assume, when they get back from Abbotsford this weekend. Uh, they have games Saturday and Sunday, and they will be back in uh, the province or on the East Coast in the relative near future. So I assume he will join them then. Um, 
the intel that I got from Chris Peters and good friend Sky on air who uh, covers the Seattle Kraken and the Boston Bruins mentioned that not a big offensive guy, going to be a nice defensive bottom six piece, might top out somewhere in the NHL on the fourth line, which is fine. Um, it's definitely a signing for the Rocket and to give them a little bit of depth going forward because I think next season um, we're going to see a lot of cheaper contracts and younger players trying to earn a spot before they spend truly, truly big bucks on everything to make sure that they're in a place they want to be. I'm excited. I'm not expecting a ton. I'm not expecting a ton of points, but I think Jean-Francois Houle will really, really uh, appreciate some some added defensive some depth. Help. <laughs> yes. The team isn't playing badly, mind you, but uh, I think some defensive help. Injured. Yeah. They, everyone's injured. And even when they're healthy, they're playing a team like the Manitoba Moose who are very, very good. They could use that extra body out there to keep some guys fresh. Like we talked about with Joshua Wan others this week. So it, it's not going to set the world on fire, but at the same time, it's, it's a nice little bit of foresight from the Canadians general manager. I think so. So we've got time to have one question in this segment, and then we'll move the others to the next segment. Uh, this comes from our friend Goalie Droid and is actually something we meant to talk about as well. In honor of the PWHPA showcase this weekend, who is your favorite women's hockey player to have played for Montreal? I am going to get yelled at, but Hillary and I... Wait, oh, good. We're on wait, the same no. page. We're on the same page here. Don't get me wrong. Here's, I love... Okay. No, you go ahead. I go just ahead. have to say, I just, okay. All right. So like, I know there's like a ton of like team Canada freaking superstars that played for the Canadians. Um, and I absolutely adore them in general, but I have like, I had like a particular crush on Hillary Knight. And then like, she came to play here. She chose to play here. She insisted on coming to Montreal and that just made me fall like totally in love with her. So if you're saying the context of just like the Montreal team, uh, then yes, Hillary Knight. But obviously, overall, uh, I cannot, you know, like the first the first hockey player that I like absolutely loved was obviously Haley Wickenheiser. Uh, I'm from that age group. Um, and then uh, and then MPP, obviously. It, it makes me feel so just awful that Marie-Philippe Poulin and I are the same age and she has accomplished so much more than I have uh, <laughs> in her entire life. Mind you, I'm not an Olympic caliber athlete in anything that I do, but like, God damn, man. <laughs> like I, I, but Hillary Knight is my pick as an American, but I cannot not love Marie-Philippe Poulin uh, paying for the Montreal Stars and then the Canadiens when they were still in the CWHL. Um, just that the Stars team and the Canadiens team when the CWHL finally shuttered its doors was so loaded that it's almost unfair that we never got to see them fully healthy for more than like two games at a time. So And they, yeah, and they had so many Olympic superstars on there. And I just, I love the team. So, and again, in general, right now, the, the my favorite hockey player ever playing right now is MPP. So don't, nobody kick me out of Canada because I said Hillary Knight. I'm just saying when, when she signed, when she insisted on coming here, I was like, like completely, totally in love with her. Anyway, we have tons of questions coming up for our last segment. But first, after months of playing, college basketball has determined the top teams for the final four and will determine this year's national champion this coming week. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. From the latest odds, contests, and player, pro player props, you name it, they have it. 
BetOnline remains the best spot for all your latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all the leagues this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Scott, we've got tens of mailback questions. we got to run through them real quick. All right. Uh, from Randy Hansen, who has unexpectedly earned a new contract from Montreal this season? Oh, my God. I have no idea. Who do you pick? Uh, well, my thought is Laurent Dauphin has definitely done so. I think he's done really well. Corey Schooneman and uh, Rem Pitlick, all three of them have earned at least, you know, a one to two year extension maybe more in the case of someone like Schooneman or Pitlick, if it keeps the cost down, because I think they've done really well. Um, but that's it. Outside of that, it's not that guys haven't earned it. It's that those three have really stood out when called upon so far this season for the Canadians. Um, what other glaring needs still needs to be addressed in administration and coaching? Okay. So absolutely, absolutely. They need to get better at special teams, no matter what administration we just talked about in our last segment, they're getting an analytics team. They're going to be talking, they're going to be building out a skills department. They're talking about getting a psychologist. That was also an ARPINS article. Um, They are doing a holistic approach. So I think that they're, they know what they're doing on that front. But in terms of the coaching staff, I would like to see better special teams. Um, And I would like to see more emphasis on video coaching. Like that, like that to me is something that, if you've listened to this podcast from day one, I always love video coaching. I use that all the time. I say they need to do this. They need to do that video coaching, video coaching. So I'd like to see a little bit more emphasis on that. Uh, and he, Randy has one part of a th- his final part of the three-part question. Brett Stapley, Jacob, or Jacob Olofsson, and Jack Goniak remain of players that need contracts or the rights are lost. Who would you sign out of them? And out of those three, the only guy I am signing is Brett Stapley, who is playing at Denver in the Frozen Four right now. Um Jack Gorniak, there's you can replace guys like that or sign him to an AHL deal after his rights expire. Uh, Jacob Olofsson, I don't know, um, would have to talk to Patrick Bexell again on that just because he seemed to have promise and then things just didn't click into place there. Um, from DF Pendris or Pendris, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly. Mike Hoffman, what went wrong? Expectation. He was brought in to do a thing that he can't do. Yeah, it's he was expected to be a big power play weapon, a big scoring weapon. And the thing is, when the power play doesn't work and the scoring is all dried up, and we've talked about it before, Mike Hoffman is on an island by himself. Um, if life were a video game, what would be some what would some of the cheat codes be? Okay, well, I think that question is for you, Scott, because I don't play video games, not because I don't like them, just because I have so much work in general in my life. I want to watch Laura <laughs> try and play Elden Ring because if it goes as badly as I am, it's going to be hilarious to watch. If I ever figured out how to make that to, to stream on Twitch, I would make Laura play Elden Ring. Okay, the um, last time I had consistent time to play, it was like everybody was playing Mario Kart on the Wii. Okay, that's my like... Not much has changed, you know, all these years <laughs> later. That's what I did on the plane, but um, my first thought is, is just more time, like something that either slows down time or something like that, because there's not enough hours in the day. And I saw a thing on Reddit is that the difference between rich people and everyone else is that rich people can buy time by having other people do all the menial stuff and they have more of their day to enjoy their life. 
And I didn't realize that like, yeah, okay, I could have someone take out the dog and scoop up the poop and do the dishes and do the laundry and go do the grocery shopping and do this. And I could sit at home and just play video games all day. Um, or, or you can have them drive you somewhere and get your business done while they're driving. Yeah. Like it's wild. Um, <laughs> from Jeff, the red, which Habs players would you most want with you in a zombie apocalypse? Oh my God. Brendan Gallagher. My thought is that Brendan Gallagher and our dearly departed Arturi Lekkinen, he's not dead. He's just in Colorado. Um, <laughs> with the amount of video games they've played together and Nick Suzuki is in that realm as well, I think they'd be great. But also uh, Shea Weber and Joel Edmondson because they have that very like outdoorsman. And obviously Carey Price, like you need a survival expert. Shea Weber lives in the goddamn woods like nine-tenths of the year anyways. And Carey Price thrives in living in the wilderness when he's not playing hockey. It, like that's that's got to be it. Um, Beth from the Happy Hour says, "I don't have a question this week, but I love y'all." Smiley face. We love Beth. She knows we love her, but we'll just mention it. Beth from the Happy Hour, one of our favorite people in Habs Internet on on the Habs Internet. We love her. You can follow her at Iverwit. Uh, so H I V E R H U I T. Um. Uh, also from Jeff the Red, with about a month left in the season, who are your picks for? Hart Norse, we're going to save that for Monday just because I want time to assess all the candidates on there. Uh, and we and haven't not... done a segment on the awards. We have no, to do be- a segment mostly on because Dominic Ducharme murdered Cole Caulfield's Calder Hopes. Wow, that was a tongue twister. Um, <laughs> and we haven't really paid much attention to it otherwise. So, um, and one final question from Jeff that is not hockey related, but is related to this show. What has been the biggest change or adaptation for you going from audio only to YouTube videos of the podcast? Okay, I don't want to come off like a complainer, but the biggest change that I've noticed is people are much meaner to me now. Um, and I get more harassment, both in terms of like being people being crappy and people being creepy. Um, so please stop doing that. Uh, and yes, I get a lot of people scrutinizing everything that I do. Um, that's not new to being a woman and just waiting for you to make one little mistake or one misstep or say someone's name wrong or, you know, your lipstick is a little bit bleeding off your whatever. So you don't see all of that because as soon as I see it on YouTube, I hide them from, I hide user from YouTube so they can watch our videos, but they can't comment on our videos anymore. So if you're wondering where your comment went, you probably were a misogynist. And that's been the biggest adjustment for me in terms of adjust, like, like adapting Really, uh, we used to be able to do the show wherever, whenever, but now we can't. We literally have to go to our station so that we can be uh, on the visual. But like I've I've done uh, podcast episodes from lunchtime at my work back when we were in the office. We used to do them like I've done them from my vacation. I know, Scott, you've done them from all over the place. It's really like that's the biggest for me, the biggest adjustment. What about you, Scott? Uh, the weird part for me is that um, with being on video, all little like fidgets and ticks that I might have while recording in that sometimes like I'll be listening and I'll be taking notes when you're on podcast only you can't see me like looking off to the side and writing things down and if I were to do that with video only it looks like I'm not listening to Laura which is not the case is that I'm either writing something down or I'm looking something up and that's <laughs> never a good thing um and also uh I have a habit of I sip things during the show and sometimes I don't mean to make noise with that or whatever. And for everyone who criticizes Laura for any little thing she does, I'm probably the least professional person on this show. I've been drinking a beer while we've been recording this <laughs> the entire time. Like, I've had Carly bring me a beer in the middle of a recording so I could open it and sip on it while we're recording here. So it's don't be mean. 
like we understand having critiques and everything like that, but like critiques are one thing being a jerk is entirely different. And quite frankly, ain't nobody got time for that. So yeah. it's uh, the biggest. And this is hard. I yeah. have to say, this is hard. Like it's not easy for people. You think we're just talking about hockey. It's, it's really hard. You need camera presence. You got to deal with people saying mean things to you, but also people just like hating you because they don't agree that you think that Mike Hoffman is not great. Like, <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted you and that was mean. But I also just want to say you say you're the least professional person ever, but there's literally nobody that I would rather do this show with than you. Like if you ever leave, I'm leaving too. So <laughs> um, uh, I think whole... the show has made us really good friends. Yes. And the biggest thing about it is that it's like, it, it's hard to be on camera because there are some nights that it's like, I when I first got sick with COVID, I felt so crummy that I told Laura, I'm like, can you please take this edit? I want to go to bed because I feel like crap because we the way we plan it out is we have a new schedule for that, which requires downloading a video file, uploading it to YouTube and doing the description and the thumbnail and this and that. We've got it down pat where it's a routine, but it still adds a little bit of time to how long it normally took that. So we have to adjust for that as well. Um, it's become smooth once we got it down pat and getting the ad reads and stuff in there. It's it's very simple once we got the routine down, but the routine took a little bit of time. And then uh, we're going to have to readjust that when we go down to three shows a week in the off season, unfortunately. So um, there's always more peak behind the curtains. If we ever do live streams and stuff, we'll happily answer more questions and everything else about that. Because if we talk about our setup, uh, we're going to be here for three hours and Laura doesn't want to have to download and then upload a three hour podcast episode. So uh, that's <laughs> everything in the mailbag. Which, That's oh, everything by the, in the way, mailbag? Yes. yes, before I forget, because we did mention it a little bit, this weekend at the Verdun Auditorium, please go check out the PWHPA Showcase. Some of the best women's hockey players in the world will be there. They haven't been able to play in Montreal in, what, two years because of the pandemic and so much else. Please, please, please go check it out. It's great hockey. It's a great cause. And you're supporting one of the best groups of women's hockey players in the world. You're not going to regret it. Trust me. Please go check it out. Uh, don't be weird if you see my co-host there or anyone else that you might know. But please, please, please go check that out at the Verdun Auditorium. Uh, I can't yes. go, so go in my stead. <laughs> Absolutely. So I will be there. Uh, I am not sure which games. Uh, I definitely know that I'll be there for the championship game. But I'm not sure what other games I'm going to go to because I have different sets of friends that I'll be going with. But there'll be a lot of people that you might know and read or listen to from the Canadians internet uh, community there. Uh, I don't know if they're okay with you saying hi to them, but I'm okay with you saying hi to me as long as you're not creepy or, or weird about it or rudely interrupt if my friend's talking to me. But yes, please come say hi. Please definitely go and see it. It's inexpensive and you're supporting women's hockey. You watched it in the Olympics. You loved it in the Olympics. Now let's all put our money where our mouth is and pay for tickets and go. So I will definitely be there. And I really, really hope to see there unless I get diagnosed with COVID. I, I feel fine right now. Hopefully I don't get COVID between now and the games um, and, uh, and I'll be there. So enjoy. If you want to follow our podcast, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. And you can also find us on YouTube. Just search Locked On Canadians Anywhere. Um, and please subscribe to our YouTube channel because once we hit 500 episodes, you guys get to watch me eat something unpleasant on video. Uh, I don't <laughs> I don't know what it is yet. We'll open it up to the listeners. Uh, and in the meantime, you can find us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You can email us at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com or leave mailbag questions in the YouTube comments. As long as you're not a jerk, we'll save them and ask them on Friday. Uh, in the meantime, 
Also check out Locked On Fantasy Hockey because they have been killing it lately. We're almost at the end of the season. Now is when you really need them.